This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. According to weather experts, the El Nino weather system is weakening. That could mean that its counterpart, La Nina, is on the way. El Nino is a climate pattern where the Pacific Ocean becomes unusually warm, which therefore produces milder weather. On the other hand, La Nina produces colder temperatures in the Pacific. So what does that mean for you in 2024, Lawrence Gunther is putting on his meteorologist hat to give you some guidance. Lawrence is the host of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther on AMI-audio. Hey, good morning, Lawrence. Hey, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing great, Lawrence. Nobody likes a weatherman because they always get these things wrong. So you're ready to play the enemy today, aren't you? You know what? People who love fishing, who love the outdoors, we're always watching the weather, right? You never know what's going to come, and it really does impact what you can and can't do. Lawrence, let's start with a bit of a power rankings here. Some folks are talking about El Nino. Some people are talking about climate change. Some people are saying the weather is just random. Weather is random, Lawrence. I think they're a little wrong on that one. <laughs> what do you, which do you think is having the most influence over a lot of the uh, extreme weather that occurred here in the last 18 months? Well, El Nino and La Nina, they're both sort of extremes, right? El Nino, like what we've going through now, we've got these warmer, drier weather patterns, you know, winds that are sort of in different directions, a warmer Pacific Ocean near the equator, warmer water along the coast of uh, the west coast of Canada and cooler water along the east coast of Canada. So there's all sorts of things that change. But it doesn't excuse climate change, right? I mean, climate change is is ratcheting everything up and making everything warmer. So you can't blame El Nino for, you know, the hottest year on record in terms of what we know in terms of hottest years, which we had last year, right? It, it, you can't blame El Nino for that. You can blame El Nino for a whole bunch of things, all the <laughs> fires and all the everything else, but not that. Not just like the raw, the raw counting numbers. So yeah. what are the expectations? What are the implications if La Nina returns? We're going to have more cooler weather again, right? We're going to have maybe a, a stronger winter this coming year. We're going to have maybe a, a little more wind this summer, uh, more rain, less dry weather throughout uh, Quebec and Ontario. So it means maybe less uh, less uh, fire that we had last year. I mean, last year was a record fire. Less drought on the West Coast uh, and in the South of the United States along the Western, you know, they had such hot weather last summer throughout the United States and, and drought. It, it was really extreme that way with, uh, with El Nino. So La Nina should moderate all that a little bit, plus uh, boost it up a little bit, you know, more, more windy weather, more you know, getting out on the lake and experience those midday winds that sort of bring up that chop and get you rocking and rolling. So that could be happening. But when it comes, it's, it's anyone's guess, right? Like El Nino is definitely on the way out. And then we could just have nothing for a while. And then La Nina will come. 
But when is the question? Yeah, it leads me to the question about the summer, right? Some experts are already predicting another significant forest fire summer. And if La Nina is going to be on a little bit of an echo or a delay here out of El Nino, that stands to reason that a lot of the groundwork or framework that has been left by El Nino will lead to another difficult summer for Canadians. Oh, yeah, we have no snowpack. We've had very little snow all winter across Canada. So that, you know, it's all melting now, right? You have no snow where you are. We have we have maybe, uh, you know, a, a, a six inches of snow, a total of maybe a foot and a half of snow all winter. We had hardly any snow at all. So Which, which for Ottawa, which, which, by the way, sort of interrupt Lawrence, but for Ottawa, yeah. that's an unbelievably low amount of snow. Oh, yeah, Dave, you know, like snow banks around here in the wintertime can be, oh. you know, absolutely colossal, right? You know, you need snowshoes to get over the snow banks across the roads. You know, it's uh, it, for sure, you know, we're going to have a dry spring. And it, unless we get a ton of rain, which is not what El Nino is famous for, we're not going to get a ton of rain. It, it, it may, could mean less bugs, but at the same time, because we never really had a really severe cold winter, could mean more bugs because the, the bugs were able to survive through the winter, yeah. especially ticks, right? This yeah. could be a tough year for ticks. Well, it goes back to the idea of extremes, right? That that if there was yeah. a lot of snowpack and a lot of precipitation over the winter, then in the spring, you'd be concerned about a lot of the flooding that certainly yeah. occurred in 2019, 2021. There was a ton of flooding in parts of the country because of the amount of precipitation. But this might just be the extreme reverse, where now we're going to be talking about drought really, really early in the summer season. Low lake levels, which means if you're out paddling or boating around on the water, you got to watch out for those rocks because they're going to be near the surface or just below the surface. You know, where you used to be able to go no problem without bumping into anything, that might not be the case this year. Now, there, are, there could be some positives here with La Nina coming in from a more international perspective, Lawrence. I'm going to go way off the board on you. I don't know how much you've been following the Panama Canal, but there are massive shipping delays going on due to drought conditions around the Panama Canal that have been somewhat set in by El Nino, and it's causing a supply chain catastrophe in that part of the world. So I, I, sometimes when you have these conversations, it might always seem like the temptation is doom and gloom, but a little more precipitation for places like Panama could actually be a really good thing for the overall international economy oh for sure dave even the great lakes or the shipping on the great lakes you know we have the st lawrence seaway and if, if the water levels are low and you can't just push a lot of water out the great lakes and down the st lawrence seaway that's going to become uh, problematic too right there's a lot of shoals and uh, hazards along the st lawrence uh you know it, we've had it before where you can get a lot of ships grounded there and oh yeah it doesn't take much uh, you mentioned a little bit about uh, rocks on the lakes. How has El Nino impacted your own outdoor time? Because you're an outdoors man over there. How's it impacted well, uh, you? Oh, you know, starting last summer, Dave, with all the forest fires, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, stay inside, uh, you know, close your windows. If you like the outdoors, that's, that's a real kick in the pants, right? I mean... You know, we all like a campfire, but, you know, if the campfire is blowing your way, you can just go around the other side of the campfire out of the smoke. When it's like last summer, there was no escape in the smoke. You try to do something, you know, outside where you're exercising, where you're, you know, hiking, you're doing splitting wood, anything paddling, you know, you're 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 pushing your lungs and you're breathing in all that fine, fine smoke particulate. It's really not good for your health, for your long term health. So that that was a big you know, okay, it's just smoke, but no, it's not just smoke. This is your long-term health impact. Mm -hmm. Th then there was, you know, 
the this the ice this winter, Dave. Like so many ice fishermen and and fisherwomen broke through the ice. And if it wasn't for flotation suits becoming very popular, a lot of people going on the ice now have flotation suits. We would have had a lot more drownings as mm. it is. Mm. You know, we lost a lot, a lot of equipment, a lot of side by side snowmobiles, uh, even trucks went through the ice. People did die. There's no doubt about it. You know, it, it's been a, a very, very short ice fishing season. And, and for people who sell ice fishing equipment, for people who are outfitters who take people ice fishing, uh, you know, that's for six weeks every winter and make a, a big chunk of money to support themselves, a lot of that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, there, there are resorts all over eastern Ontario where you rent the cottage and you get a hut alongside it for the weekend. And it's one of the coolest experiences you're ever going to have because you get the bouginess of cottage life and the outdoorsiness of the ice fishing. But yeah, a lot of those folks might have only gotten, what, maybe a few weeks of business when typically they might oh, get a yeah. couple months. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I was booked for Tommy Cod on the uh, St. Lawrence River. That, you know, was delayed by four weeks and sh and ended probably, you know, four weeks earlier. So they had a, an extremely short season. A lot of that stuff just, it never happened. I mean, the canal here was open for 10 days on the Rideau Canal for skating. And half of that was walking only. And the yeah. ice conditions were <laughs> horrific, right? You know? Still better than last year, though, because they had zero days last year. I know, I know. So, you know, all that stuff, like, you know, skiing, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing on ice, it's not fun, right? Yeah, it's not yeah. fun to be going out there on the ice all the time and wearing cleats, and uh, it's it's just not the same. Hey, Lawrence, what's coming up on the next edition of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther? Well, a friend of mine just published a book on where are the sharks He's uh, he's a professor. Too at close. Dalhousie They're University. too close to me, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, when when do we have great white sharks now cruising eastern seaboard of uh, of Canada again? You know, Dave. This was when their when habitat. they when they show up in Lake Ontario, Lawrence. We're gonna have some problems. <laughs> Well, we'll see what kind of invasive species, and if they take the form of great white sharks, well, I'll let you know. <laughs> sorry, I cut you off there. Tell, tell me a bit more about your friend's book. Sorry. Oh no, no, he's he's a shark expert, you know, and he's been diving and studying rays. He's been on all sorts of TV shows, you know, Shark Week and all that stuff. He he is the go-to guy when it comes to sharks on Eastern Canada, and uh, so he's written a book. He, you know, I think you and I talked about him. Uh, a few years ago when he had that great white encounter while uh, diving off the coast of uh, Nova Scotia <laughs> and he came up and uh, he was being circled by a, a 12 foot great white. And uh, yeah, he almost lost his, um, lost his swimsuit that day. I'll tell you. Well, but, uh, I certainly would have, I certainly would have made a mess in my swimsuit if I was in that situation. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the last 10 meters to he was down, he was down a hundred feet. The last 10 meters bef between the surface and him was just murky water. And he had to swim through that murk to get to his boat. Ugh. And after being circled three times by that great white, he thought for sure, well, if I go into that murk, it's, it, I, I won't even see it coming. Oof. So that, that was the ultimate scare for him, just getting into the boat. But he, he managed, him and his camera guy managed and uh but it, it it rattled him but he's written a book about it now and he's yeah and and sharks so we'll we'll get more information about what's going on on the shark situation out there well uh thank you for that nightmare fuel but also sounds like a fantastic episode of outdoors lawrence thank you for this 
My pleasure, Dave. Have a good one. That's Lawrence Gunther. He's the host of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. You can find that show Saturdays, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio, and you can follow Lawrence on X at Lawrence Gunther, at Lawrence Gunther. Coming up next, what's your favorite low-tech tool? Community reporter Anna Kim discusses the power of simple technology for accessibility. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI-audiobook review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI-audiobook review from your favorite podcast provider.